Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. A shell, a sweet oasis in the desert <laughs> of piss <laughs> that Rachel and I, desert's maybe not the right geographical mm-hmm. sort of uh, landform. Rivers of uh, piss. That's Billy Joel's, one of Billy Joel's album, mm, I think. It's beautiful. Uh, boy, howdy. It's If we sound a little bit um, deflated, maybe isn't the right word. Just sort of like boat, damp. Just, just damp. It's soggy. because it's because it's because of the piss where we've been potty training. And I thought I knew piss. Yeah. You know, turns out, and this is not something I realized, but if your child has a penis. Yeah. Uh, it is difficult to not get pee on yourself. Yeah, I still, I'm, I, here's the thing. I've been helping him with his penis trajectory when he's sitting on the John, the little John. And <laughs> Johnny. The Johnny. And I'm like trying to help him target, like work on his aim to make it go down and not up, out, and all over. Because you're supposed to start with the sitting. You're supposed to start with the sitting. And like, then I think about how I do it when I'm sitting on the pot, and I can't visualize it. I've been doing it for so long that I, if you gun to my head, if, there, if somebody was like, when you sit down on the potty, how do you go pee-pee? And I would be like, I just do, I don't know, I just do it. Like, I can't describe Are what I do with involved? it. I don't think so. I don't know. Do you have to lean forward, like stomach to your legs and just... I thought I knew the piss. <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I was, I thought I, you think you're allied with the piss. You merely adopted the piss. I was born in the piss. Mm-hmm. I was molded by it. That's the Bane from the Batman movies. Anyway, <laughs> it's been going amazing. I mean, he's, he's not bad at, at what he does. Uh, he's, he's just new. He's new to he's it. He's new to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I say new to it, I mean like, what, three, four days new to it? I, I mean, I just kind of expected to like, when we started. Like when you get a cat in a litter box, you just you Even put him better there. than that, just like, he's old enough now, I thought I could just walk him in the bathroom and be like, yeah, man, so uh, that's the toilet. So all this stuff you've been doing in your pants, uh, put that's it in there. just lazy. So put it in there. That's like where everybody else puts it. So um, All right, see you later. See you later. I'm going to put a PJ Masks on the phone. You just do what you got to do. <laughs> Yell for me when you're done. Peace easy, my friend. Uh-oh. Yeah, no. You've destroyed everything. Yeah. Hey, do you have any small wonders? I do. Okay. The Adventure Zone. The Adventure Zone is a podcast I make. Mm-hmm. Thanks, baby. It's very, very good. I appreciate that. I've been that. really excited to see the trajectory of this arc. I was talking to Griffin about how I would say your first round of this was very sci-fi and like set those terms up front. Like, hey, this is a world that doesn't exist. And these are characters that don't exist right. either. But this one starts out like very humble and turns into this like huge epic thing and i'm just very proud of you thank you baby that feels good to hear mm. my i was just gonna say i like those like um videos usually like on facebook not like from tasty but like from home and garden magazine or whatever where they just mash up a bunch of garbage and put it in a casserole and cover it in cheese and bake that but doesn't that like don't you have a physical reaction to that that is not positive yeah yeah you still like them but i'm a fucking trash bag <laughs> okay I don't know, man. I was born in the piss. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> hey, who goes first this week? I think it's me. All righty then. Ace Ventura. 
Are we back on our Jim Carrey? Uh, we never left. Cast? Never left. My first wonderful thing is stretching. Stretching is so important. The sensation of it. Like, not only is it something that has a physical benefit, but it feels so good. It feels so good and so right. And I don't know why I never do it. I've never had a stretch and thought, well, that was a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. It's always a good thing. It's always good. Mm -hmm. Unless you stretch exclusively on one side of your body and not the other one. I bet that would fuck you up, fam. (laughs) I bet you'd have one wild asymmetrical bod. Yeah, just kind of like a stretch Armstrong on one side and then like a, what, like a... Jeff normal arm on the other one. (laughs) Jeff, though, not... Not like um, it's a it's a slant rhyme with the stretch. I felt like oh okay. So I did a little research on stretching. Okay. Now I I am not it seems a, like a wild thing to do research on. <laughs> I am not a uh, a yoga a yogurt. You are a yogurt expert. I'll say that. What's your <laughs> shit now? Are you still messing with that? What is it? Fage? That that Greek no, shit? No, now I'm on that Oikos. Oh, it's local. Nice. Well, is that the um, Uncle Jesse shit? I think that's that Uncle Jesse shit, yes? No, babe. What? No. What did I say wrong? Oh, wait, maybe you're right. Yeah. It, Step to me. It was definitely a Greek thing. You think you're allied with the yogurt? Maybe you're right. I was born in the yogurt. <laughs> molded by it. So all of this to say, I'm not an expert in the various stretches you should do. Right. I'm more of a recreational stretcher. Right, yeah. So that is why I did research. Well, stretching is recreationally legal here in Texas, so you're good. Oh, yeah. Other places you have to get a doctor's You code. have to get a, yeah, card. Mm-hmm. Uh, stretching, according to the Mayo Clinic, uh, results in increased flexibility and joint range of motion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> motion. They say it weird like that. I don't know why the Mayo Clinic says it like that. They went yeah, to, did you not read that article? They went to, Everyone's pronouncing it that way now. Listen, they spent a week in Paris this summer, and now they come back and they... <laughs> the whole Mayo Clinic. The whole Mayo Clinic is like, mm-hmm. oh, motion, stretch it uh, Improved circulation. Oh, yeah. Which can help shorten your recovery time if you've had any muscle injuries. Yeah. Better posture. Uh, it keeps your muscles from getting tight, which allows you to just kind of not lean to one side or you know i do this thing a lot where i lower my shoulders because mm. i realize that my natural posture is kind of like my shoulders are up by my ears yeah as if you've just been told a very confusing riddle <laughs> uh stress relief sure totally cool uh enhanced coordination enhanced this, coordination this more goes back to the range of motion so like if you can if you can stretch well then mm. you're probably more flexible huh so Harvard Health Publishing says that if you stretch uh, three to four times a week, and specifically like your shoulders, neck, lower back, um, it's beneficial for you long term. Is that what that song's about? Is stretching? Can we get through? <laughs> can we get through one episode where you don't reference that song? I can't even say the words neck and back anymore. No, you sure can't. What if I said back and neck? Would that help? Uh, so if I had said stretching God. your shoulders, back and neck. No, I would have found a way to there. get there. Hmm. What was that? It's been so long since I've heard that song. What is it about? Because obviously the last two body parts that the singer points out mm-hmm. has erotic undertones. But like, what's the neck and back supposed to be? What's that supposed to be meaning? 
I didn't know if you realized this. There are many erogenous zones on no, the body. There's only two. Well, I'm just going to stop touching your neck, I guess. Please. Right. Wasted effort. <laughs> uh, so that's stretching. Cool. A plus. A plus is good stuff, man. It's wonderful. I don't know what else the I'd fuck you want us it. to say, if man. If you are listening to the show right now and are in a position in which you could stretch, oh, please stretch. Let's play a fun game. We can do like Rachel's yoga zone. Okay. And this could be a new segment. And it'll come right after the Poetry Corner. So what do you want people to stretch right now? Wait, what's the song, Griffin? <sighs> That's it? It's just a bunch of... Yeah, it's just a bunch of deep meditation. <laughs> it sighs. could also be like... <laughs> You're supposed to be talking under this. Oh. <laughs> uh, please consciously lower your shoulders. I'm One singing the Halo back. theme song. <laughs> I didn't mean to. It tur- started to turn into the Halo theme song. Just stretch your shoulders. What's your thing? <laughs> my first thing is the fucking summer jam of all time. I have not oh been this excited gosh. to bring something to this show in ages, in ages. And Griffin and I realized, I think probably at the same time over the weekend, that this had to be a topic. On this the had level. to be a topic on the show because it's a song that means a lot to us right now. You're going to think I'm fucking goofing when I say this. And I, if you think that, I want to remind you of a little ditty called Underwater Rainbow. I was thinking of Underwater Rainbow. So like before you come in here and judge my picks, like think mm-hmm. about my track record. Mm-hmm. I think it speaks for myself, for itself too. <laughs> I want to talk about a song that is called Shuja Ponda, and it's from an animated television show on Disney called The Lion Guard. This is a kid's show, a serialized kid's drama on the Disney <laughs> network. That took a turn this last season. That is a follow-up to The Lion King uh, feature film franchise. Uh, I, I don't know how the live action... Simba has had version. a child. The child yes. is named Kion. Simba's had a couple kids, I think. But Kion is... Is who we're focused we're on. focused on. He is his son, and through some some plot devices... None of this is necessary to know, by the way. I'm going to explain it, though. He inherits <laughs> this powerful roar of like the ancient lions and forms this super group called the Lion Guard. And so he gets a bunch of animals to help him out. And all the animals are like the strongest or the keenest of sight or the mm-hmm. brave bravest or the fastest yeah we got a hippo we got a cheetah we got a hippo we got a cheetah and like i said it's a serialized show and that's fucking wild for like kids programming like there's never really uh if you miss an episode of pj masks it's not like you're gonna be like well what's the point because now i'm so far (laughs) behind uh it's not like gecko fucking dies and then you have to be like wait a minute where's the green one no but lion guard will get there like griffin watched a couple episodes without me and then came into the room and and told me what i missed (laughs) yeah you missed a lot uh and so anyway they protect the pride lands and whatever but like we're in the final season of it now and like this horrible calamity has happened and now they're going on this odyssey with like these huge stakes anyway gotta get to the song it's a great show um but uh i just i gotta talk about one episode and the episode's called bestie and the beast and bestie is a hippo he's in the lion guard he's the strongest and this gorilla comes down to the Pride Lands from the mountainside, and his name is Shuja, and he's there to help out, and he's the strongest gorilla in the mountainside. He's so fucking strong, this gorilla is. And the problem is he doesn't know how to control his own strength, so when he's trying to help the Pride Landers out, he keeps 
messing things up, you know? He'll, like, accidentally smash a tree down, and some birds are like, I lived in there. That sucks, Shuja. Mm-hmm. And Shuja... It's like a rock avalanche. Yeah, and Shuja feels bad about this, and Beshi tries to teach him about how to use his might responsibly. But anyway, before all that happens, Shuja introduces himself with a song. Oh, my gosh. That, I have had this stuck in my head It's been in constantly. my head forever. Yes. yes. Um... He introduces himself with the nastiest fucking banger, Summer Jam 2019, guaranteed. Uh, the song is called Shuja Ponda, and I'm going to play as much of it as I possibly can right now. <laughs> What gives them the right? What gives them? Who told them that for their show, The Lion Guard, they can include the freshest fucking song I've ever heard in my entire life, Shuja Ponda? If I had to think of like the top five moments in parenting, yeah, this would be maybe number six. <laughs> yeah, this would. This is just when Griffin been and I looked at each other and said, "This song is actually incredible." Yeah, let's watch it again. <laughs> we just had the show. I remember the first time we did it. We we uh, we just had the show on in the background as like Henry and us was doing other stuff, and the, sh- the song played and it finished. And I was like, "Wait a second, <laughs> rewind that." Take it back. What was that? I'm pretty sure Griffin actually asked Henry, would you like to hear that song again? <laughs> and we did. The resolution at the end of like the first part of the chorus when he's like, that's what should I do? Oh my God. <laughs> I get chills. It's so freaking catchy. Every time he comes on, I get pumped. When I see the episode title, when it's like Beshti and the Beast, I'm like, yeah, it is. Fuck yeah. Here he comes. Uh, I just, it's so good. And also the last time we heard it just a couple days ago, I was like, God, that voice is so familiar. And I Googled, I got on IMDb, IMDb. It may have sounded familiar to you if you're a Hamilton fan, because it's, uh, Christopher Jackson who played George Washington in the original cast, uh, of Hamilton. And he's so, so good. He phenomenal. brings a gravitas to it and, uh, obviously incredible singing voice to it. That's just, that is just mind boggling. Uh, that's, that's Shuja Ponda. Also, bonus towards the end of the episode, he's, like, really sad because he's just fucked oh, everything up. yes. And Shuja so mourns the destruction his strength has wrought. I'm gonna play a little bit of the sad refrain because it's all so good. Shuja smash it all today. That's Shuja Ponda. I have nothing else to add. Lion Guard is a dope TV show. It's my favorite kids TV show we're watching with Henry right now. I am like, I popped onto the Disney app this morning and like refreshed the feed just to make sure there wasn't a new episode because I am... I am hanging on every word. I'm waiting for that fucking Shuja reprise to come in, like swing in Deus Ex Machina in the final yes. season. I mean, it's a complex character. Yeah. I and mean, it's a complex season. He would have a good place in it. It's possible that King Sokwe can't possibly do without him for a while, but I mean, it's bad everywhere. I can't even tell you how many times like I will be walking to my car in the parking lot and go like in my head, oh, 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 oh. 
Shuja Ponda. <laughs> That's what Shuja do. God, it's so fucking good. Can I steal you away? Yes. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, There's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in wow the yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin can i read you a personal message from a listener yeah This message is from Claire. It is for Leo. I just wanted to thank you for your wonderfulness and send you lots of love and support during your first year at law school. I'm so proud of you. I will always be here for you, even if I'm across the Atlantic. I love you. I believe in you. And I am so, so grateful you are in my life. Hugs and kisses from Germany, Claire. Makes me really happy to know that somebody is listening to this show who is also attending law school because we're going to need some manner of protection from the Lion Guard. (laughs) And also somebody in Germany, you know? Yeah. For our world travels. For our world or global travels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We got them all over, folks. Mm -hmm. Splinter cells waiting (laughs) to be activated. Here's a message, and it's for Remus, and it's from Mia who says, Remus. 
I miss the good old days when we'd play all day, get into the garbage, rip up couches, and destroy the blinds. You are my best friend in the world, and I'll miss you a hell of a lot when you move to Austin, but maybe you'll run into Griffin and uh, Rachel someday and get some good head pats. I love you, and you will always be my brother. Love, Mia. Are these... Dogs. Maybe. Cats. cats, Mm. Ferrets. Mm. People who just do it a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'll pat whoever the fuck. And if, if you're looking uh, to run into me and Griffin, uh, we are almost always at the grocery store, just constantly, I feel like, just every day. Really? Well, I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. Usually buying some new exciting diaper. <laughs> Investing in some exciting diaper technology. No, this is a no diaper household. We pee in the potty now. We make pee pee right in the potty. (laughs) Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right. It's called Who Shot Ya? A movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whitey the new host of the show and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick! Start flexing! Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. What's your second thing? Please tell me now. Do you have it? What is it? My second thing. Yes. Is magical realism. Hey, this is a term I hear a lot of people say, and sometimes I say it, and pretend to know exactly what it means. <laughs> well, come join me, Griffin. Thanks. There is actually a very helpful article on Vox from 2014 that really breaks down for you. God, they got everything. I know. Uh, so they provide the context, which I think is useful. So do you know anything about the romantic period? Oh, sure. Everyone was kissing. Mm. In this period. <laughs> The romantic period was when you saw kind of an idealized reality, these like big sweeping landscapes and, you know, frilly, frilly outfits and rosy cheeks. Okay. Mm -hmm. As a reaction to the romantic period, you had realism, which was in the 19th century after the revolution in France, artists began to reject this kind of frilly perspective and focus on exact representations Hmm. of reality. So I don't know if you've ever seen this painting. It's called the gleaners. Yeah. (laughs) It's two like field workers workers. uh, in a field and they're, you know what? Yeah. Like gleaning there. Yeah, sure. Pulling the stuff out of the field. And yeah, anyway, and they have the silly looks on their faces. The romantic period was all about kind of like cap- capturing like opulence and, and like high status people. And then realism was like, no, let's see what the regular folk are doing and let's get, get them up in the paintings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why though? Like I want to look at the fancy people. Yeah. See, and that is, I mean, here's, I feel like magical realism kind of splits the difference a little bit. Okay. So magical realism was introduced in 1925 by a German art critic, but it didn't really catch steam as like a movement until the 1940s in Latin America and the Caribbean. 
So the whole idea of magical realism is that it is a story set in a realistic environment with magical elements. Okay. So unlike a fantasy novel where it's like, you know, the whole experience is, you know, otherworldly. Right. Magical realism kind of deliberately withholds information about these magical moments to present them as kind of ordinary experiences. Okay, I'm on the same page with so you So examples of this that you might be familiar with are like movies like The Green Mile and Amelie. I was thinking Big Fish is probably Yeah, like that's this. another good yes. example. Good work, Griffin. Yes. <laughs> Uh, you'll see this in books. Oh, yeah. Uh, like Water for Chocolate is a book that I have read and liked very much. Water for Elephants. Have, I'm not familiar <laughs> with that one entirely. I know that it was a movie. It's a circus romance. Was there a Renee Zellweger in that one? Or? Probably. Okay. They're all over the place. <laughs> you got to keep an eye out. Can't throw a stick without hitting an elephant or a Renee Zellweger. <laughs> Uh, and of course, hundred years. Hundred years, gotta get it. <laughs> I actually know that book. I adore it. Oh, hey, you have, I've, you've read. I've read hundred. Yeah, we've talked about this. It's was like this the recent? one. Uh, it was since we've been together. Okay. Because I was talking to you about. It. I was like, this book is wild, man. And you're like, yeah, I know. It's. I've read it a thousand <laughs> times. It's my favorite book of all time. I I read that book. No, I've only read it once. I read it the summer after I finished college, I believe, and I was house sitting for one of my former professors. And he had a really good library. And so I would just go over to his house, feed his cat, and then sit on the couch and read that book. It yeah, was really great. It was good. Uh, so magical realism, um, I really like it because, because of the lack of explanation. And it, it has a very artistic quality because you are in this environment that is ordinary, in an ordinary circumstance. And then something totally magical will happen and it does not shift the focus of the book, does not like change everything. The characters are not reacting to it. It is just kind of assumed as part of the universe. Yeah. And it, and it I don't know, it adds this like richness to the story. Yeah. So I wanted to give an example from 100 Years of Solitude. So 100 Years of Solitude, I'm not going to try and summarize the plot, only to say that it spans six generations. And in each generation, the men are named Josea Cardio or Aureliano, and the women are named Ursula Amaranta or Remedios. Uh, Which makes the book very confusing yeah, so to there read there is actually, sometimes. there's a family tree in the beginning of the book. That you have to read. And they kind of stack it by generations. So you know, like, okay, which, you know, Jose Acardio is this? Right. Anyway, so here is a scene uh, when, uh, and I believe this is first generation, Jose Acardio dies. They found no wound on his body, nor could they locate the weapon, nor was it possible to remove the smell of powder from the corpse. First, they washed him three times with soap and a scrubbing brush, and they rubbed him with salt and vinegar, then with ashes and lemon, and finally they put him in a barrel of lye and let him stay for six hours. They scrubbed him so much that the arabesques of his tattooing began to fade. When they thought of the desperate measure of seasoning him with pepper, cumin seeds and laurel leaves and boiling him for a whole day over a slow fire he had already begun to decompose and they had to bury him hastily they sealed him hermetically in a special coffin seven and a half feet long and four feet wide reinforced inside with iron plates and fastened together with steel bolts and even then the smell could be perceived on the streets through the which the funeral procession passed 
although in the months that followed, they reinforced the grave with walls about it, between which they threw compressed ash, sawdust, and quicklime. The cemetery still smelled of powder for many years after, until the engineers from the banana company covered the grave over with a shell of concrete. That passage has stayed with me for maybe 15 years now. Yeah. So much so that when I knew I was going to talk about magical realism, I had to search for it. And I found a copy of the entire book that exists online. And I like did a variety of search turns to find it because I remember reading that and that being so powerful to me. And then they just move on. You know, it's just like this, yeah, this thing that exists that of course, you know, in this world, you know, somebody that dies tragically either shot or, you know, the the whole experience of him dying is kind of left mysterious. Right. What they instead focus on is the fact that this smell of powder that lingers. Right. Um, and I just, I, oh, it's so powerful to me. The only thing I remember from that, I mean, I remember the plot of the book, but the mm-hmm. thing that stuck with me was there was a phrase after a... Um, uh, two characters had had sex, and I do not remember the context of any of it. But there was a sentence that said, "Her sex was hard like a nut," and I remember reading that and being so <laughs> grossed, as so like viciously grossed out by it. There's great, <laughs> so gross. There's a lot of sexuality. I feel like in magical oh, yeah. realism because so we read like Water for Chocolate in high school, and that is a very racy book. Like the whole premise of the book is there is this woman whose passion is like so intense that she like makes things burst into flames. And so there's like scenes where she's like having sex with this man and there are literal sparks coming off of her body and it like sets the house on fire. And then there's another scene where she gets in the shower to clean off, but the water never touches her skin because it like evaporates from the heat. Does the shower water then turn into chocolate? I'm confused. (laughs) I've never read or heard of this book. There's a movie too, so maybe that's a good place to start. (laughs) I know I'm going to try and watch the movie and end up just seeing Water for Elephants again, aren't I? It's a real racy movie if you want to... So is Water for Elephants. I just remember watching it in high school and thinking like, they're wow, really? watch this. Like yeah. in class? Yeah, we read the book and we watched the movie and we all looked at each other uncomfortably like... <laughs> Except for that one kid who's like, uh-huh. who looked very comfortable. <laughs> uh, can I talk about my second thing? It's really quick. Yes. I want to talk about modern texting. Modern text messaging. Uh-huh. Um. I am humiliatingly like only recently sort of up on text technology, which is hard for me to admit because I feel like for a while there, like I was on the bleeding edge of communication advances for a while. And when would you say that ended? Uh, about the time that I got the first iPhone, probably like when AIM came out and like those early, uh, like, uh, text, uh, God, I can't remember. Like what was the chat? There was a chat program that like predated AIM that it's been so long. I don't even remember what it's called, but like that. And like, anytime I found like a web forum that was even relevant, like remotely relevant to my interests or just seemed like a cool place for people to hang out and say whatever, like I get on there, uh, you know, all kinds of live, live blog situations where you and your buddies could just comment on each other's shit. I had a pager for like a second that <laughs> Justin found on the floor of like a mosh pit somewhere and he had it for a while until he gave it to me. And I don't think I ever got a single text on it. <laughs> uh, and then I got like a cell phone, uh, like early cell phone and like everybody else, like I climbed from the the primordial ooze as I like learned how it 
how it functioned and so are you basically saying you've been behind since 2005 no no because like uh i got the iphone after that and i feel like i was like i know what the i know what this means and what it's gonna be for a <laughs> uh-huh. little while because it was such a step up from like doing it on my motorola razor where like if you got a text message from somebody that was more than like six words long it was true love because it sucked so bad <laughs> to have to put all that in but then you know i got my first iphone and i started sending texts with a little keyboard and i was like this is what it is this is what it is now and i didn't really step up my fucking game until like earlier this year when our friends were like chatting about something and they started putting stickers on shit and i was like what yeah i still don't know how to do that yeah well you get with the (laughs) get the net man it's it i i I took the time to learn some of this stuff and just like it's it's incredible i got a text it was like they sent the text and confetti came out of it i was like what the fuck how did you do that i have seen that but i don't know how to control it see this is what i'm talking about i've learned how to do these things and i'm assuming it's also on other platforms not just on like iphone iMessage. it's probably a thing there also and it's such a beautiful thing there's i'm I'm talking about this partially because we talked about it on on mabim bam and since then have been sort of insufferable about the the gifs and videos that we've been sending to each other but Uh like the multimedia aspect to digital conversation changes the whole ball game, especially for somebody like me who like genuinely stresses about any form of communication whatsoever, like trying to think of the right thing to say, uh, whether it's like trying to uh, just comment on somebody's observation about whatever or somebody's like going through a hard time and like genuinely wanting to be there for them, but really not knowing the right way. What would to you like, send in that case? Well, you know, I, that's a bad example because I would usually step in there with the <laughs> yeah. usual thing. But like, you know, I feel like the multimedia aspect opens up all these mm-hmm. other doors for more mundane conversation where you don't have to stress about the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. You can, you can send just a, send a scene from water for elephants. You can send a scene for water for elephants. You can send a GIF. Like a, there's so many GIFs and it's so easy to find them. You can put a sticker on it. You can emphasize your message. So like balloons come out of it or whatever the hell. And it's fun. It's like a game now. Now I'm trying to like optimize what I'm saying, not just for the textual, like, contents of my message but like how i can how i can tweak it mm-hmm. how i can really really stick at the landing <laughs> and maybe this is bad for somebody like, like maybe this is bad for communication period but like it it might be especially bad for somebody like me who uh, a lot of the time is just like waiting for like an opportunity to try and do a goof or whatever yeah. um but it's just i it has made texting with our friends Mm -hmm. so much easier and more fun to just be able to just like here is a gif from ace ventura handle it you know what i mean Uh uh-huh it's nice and i feel like i wish i could talk to you more about this but you uh, refuse to learn how i know i know how to choose from the preset ones you know you like click on that little like globe looking icon and then you type in the the word and some stuff comes up and you choose the one that's good stuff that's good i like that that's good last night you know griffin was upstairs and dinner was ready it's true so i sent him a little spongebob thing saying supper's ready and we love spongebob like that's our thing That's like our thing, you know? <laughs> we did our first dance to SpongeBob. And, and then the other the other night I was sitting on the couch and Griffin was on the other side of the couch and he was on his phone. And so I, I sent him like a little, a little, I don't even remember, but it was a little animated thing that was like, hey, you know? And so he looked up from his phone and looked at me and it was- We sound like we're 500 fucking years <laughs> old right now. 
I know, y'all, I know. But like, it's fun. And I think I'm more engaged with long ass text chains because I know I have this other option. It's not like it's the only way I'm communicating, but like if somebody says a funny joke and you text them, ha 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 ha, is that, I think that's worse than just holding your finger down on the image until the ha ha response pops up yeah. and you just yeah. pick that instead. Yeah. Cause then it's like, I saw your thing and I enjoyed it. And I don't have to be like, ha 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 ha, like a fucking robot. So what would you send if somebody did something funny and you thought it was funny? Yeah. What would be the right response? I would give them their moment and I would send the ha ha response. That's etiquette. Oh. That's etiquette 101. I thought you were exclusively talking about like little animated. Yeah, I could do that too. Okay. It's, there's so many options, baby. Stickers. We don't talk about stickers. I can put a Pikachu on it. Whatever. I got a Squirtle. I yeah, can do I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need you to show. I'll me. show you the stickers. Show me how to do the stickers. Yeah, I'll show you how to do the stickers. I got some fucking rad ones, dude. <laughs> Good. Freaking Stewie Griffin, like flipping a bird at what you just said. Like, <laughs> like you want to go to uh, you want to go out to get some some burgers tonight? Can we go on a, of Calvin just peeing on your message? And it's like, do you want to go see Water for Elephants tonight? And it's like, here's what I think of your dumb idea. I pee on it with oh, my friend Calvin. I like that. Or if your friend like sends you a picture of the Ford logo, you can be like, could you get like you know on on um, little educational PSAs? It'll say the more you know. Could you get that coming out of Calvin instead As of instead of the P? Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. I'll call Bill Watterson, see if he can hook me up Please. with a new doodle of his guy. <laughs> hey, do you want to hear some submissions from our friends? I think we forgot to do them last yes, week. Yes, we did. I'm humiliated about that. Kayla says, something I think is wonderful is cranberry juice. It's my morning potion. It provides me with vitamins and those fibers I so desperately need, and it's sour enough to give me that kick I need to wake up. Yes, cranberry juice. I do love a cranberry I juice. I love a cranberry juice. I forget about cranberry juice. I'm glad this person brought it up. Every time I'm on a plane now, I used to do ginger ale. Now I do cranberry juice. Oh, really? I do cranberry juice. It ke- it keeps the pipes clean. Why choose one? Uh, ginger ale's a lot of work sometimes. It's so bubbly, it's kind of hard no, to drink. Oh, cranberry and ginger ale. What? A spritzer. They can do that? I bet they could. <laughs> For you? For Griffin? For me? Diamond, platinum, emerald, uh, captain status? Yeah. They let me fly the plane sometimes. <laughs> I have no status with any airlines. I know. You should work on that. I fly so much. I, I could be. It's this sunk. It's this reverse sunk cost fallacy. And now where you're like, where I spent like, so much. It's been the point? so long. <laughs> and I could be so, I could be the king of whatever airline I wanted to at this point. But I haven't done it so long that like, if I started doing it now and found out like what kind of thing I could have earned at this point, it would absolutely kill me. Mm. So I just have to remain ignorant about <laughs> it. Uh, and here is one from Bethany who says, something I find wonderful is that there is a serial fact where I live and sometimes you step outside and the air smells like Lucky Charms or Cheerios. It's so good. Oh, wow. If you could have the smell and really think carefully about this because your first instinct, really, really think about it. If you could step outside and maybe like a few few mornings a week, get the smell of a certain cereal in the air, what would it be? Because I would say Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but that would be actually pretty cloying, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, it'd be too much. It'd be a little bit too much. Whew. 
Trying to think of like a fragrant cereal. Here's the thing. This is a weird answer for me because I don't actually like the cereal. But I, for some reason, I harbor a lot of uh, like emotional attachment for the smell of Cheerios. That smell of Cheerios, it doesn't yeah, smell no, quite right. like any other cereal. Right. The wet Cheerio smell is like its own sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What if I were to say grape nuts? Those don't have a smell. So I feel like you're cheating. Mm, you're not smelling close enough. Yeah, I'll give you that. Really get your nose in there next time. Yeah, they've got a beautiful bouquet, these new grape nuts. <laughs> you have these new grape nuts? Uh-huh. They fucking reek, man. Uh-huh. They got it's that... like it's earthy, but it's also like floral. And a grapes. Bit. Now, you're, you're going to want to eat the cereal after you get this good smell. And I can't stress this enough. Don't eat the grape nuts. It's a gross, oh, it's a gross cereal. Do you like grape nuts? You're the first human on earth I've ever... If you put some raisins in there. You should, if you could put raisins in anything, it's better. Well, I don't know that that's true. I'm just saying you shouldn't need to <laughs> augment it. Fruity Pebbles are good as is. Hey, you put cream in your coffee. The same thing. It's not the same thing. Hmm. All coffee's gross. I want the good cream in it. <laughs> and daddy's going to get the creamy ones. Oh, no, I hate this. I tell you this all the time. Going to get that cream. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus <laughs> for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, one last thing. We're going to be uh, traveling all next week. We're going on a fun family vacation with the whole uh, gang. So we are not going to have a new episode up next week. Uh, we are going to be back, though, in, in two Wednesdays with all that good stuff that you crave. All the new updates on what good Disney songs are out there. Thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go check out all the great shows on Maximum. They're Maxim- adding new oh my shows. God, you scared me. They're adding new shows all the time. <laughs> There's a new show about Canadians doing Canadian things. There's a new show from Dave Hill called So You're Canadian. It's a very it's a show about Canadians and the way not that necessarily they, doing Canadian things. No, I mean you know yeah, it's pretty much about that. You nailed it <laughs> on the head. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of shows on there. They're always adding new ones. It's great stuff. We got other stuff at McElroy.family. You can find links to all of our shows we got coming up and uh, merch and all that great jazz, man. Some of our jazz albums that we've been putting together recently oh, that we're excited to put out. Can we can we do a little of it? Yeah. On, the, on our on our way out of this episode. Yeah, sure. All right. Boom! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. That's what Shuja do. Shuja smash and crash. Bye. <laughs>
What do we really know about Canada and its people? Which is why my friend Chris Gersbeck and I decided to make So, You're Canadian. Brand new podcast from the Maximum Fun Network, on which I attempt to get to know our neighbors to the north, one Canadian at a time. Coming to Maximum Fun, August 27th. And I'm not sorry.